Welcome back to another episode of Birdie and the Cowboy Sports Talk. I'm Birdie Dylan Patterson, and today myself and the Cowboy himself, Jalen Mooney, will recap some of last week's college football action and go over some of the more recent news. Jay, you got any recent news you want to start out with this episode? Oh yeah, buddy. Let's start out with the Auburn head coaching search. Uh, we're seeing smoke on the planes that it might be over, and the man from Dillon, South Carolina himself, their D.C., Kevin Steele, might be looking at a promotion. I like this hire from a keep-it-in-the-program standpoint. We've seen it works with Ryan Day, with, uh, let's see, uh, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. It's worked It's worked on several occasions. So I like the. I like it if they do promote him. I think that's good to keep the, keep the current roster intact and stuff like that. I'd like to see who he brings in as O.C. and D.C., and I think it's good for Auburn to get a defensive-minded head coach because we've seen it works in the SEC. Look at all the big-time head coaches in the SEC. Most of them are defensive-minded outside of Missouri's head coach and the head coach over at a Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher. Those are the two offensive-minded coaches that were with the big boys in the SEC. And I would say Dan Mullen at Florida is a big boy. But after the show and he put out this weekend, which we'll talk about in a minute, I've always said Dan Mullen is a junior trying to play like he's a big boy. But uh, So I really like the hire. I like it. Keeps a competitive edge. He's been at Auburn, so he knows what the deal is between the rivalry right down the road with the University of Alabama. But I just don't believe you could have went out and got a better hire considering right down the road is the best coach is the GOAT, the best coach in NCAA history, Nick Saban. Who wants to come to Auburn and one of the hardest jobs to ever take over with Nick Saban right down the road? Their facilities aren't on par with Alabama's. You gotta, you're got you in the West, so you're automatically going to have Alabama and LSU every year. Then and you look and at the East. A&M. And A&M, yeah. And then you look at the East, and you're going to have Georgia every year because they're a rival. So I like the hire because who could they have gotten better? What you thinking about it? The only other coach that I would even consider for the Auburn job would be Billy Napier, but I don't really think he's wanting to go to Auburn. I, if I was him, I'd stay at Louisiana as well. There's no reason for him to go to Auburn. Auburn wasn't going to pay him enough, I don't think, because they have to freaking pay 21 mil for – Gus Malzahn, which is a bunch of bull because he ain't worth a flip. But anyway, all right. And uh, first thing I'd like to talk about this week is Florida losing to LSU at home. 37-34, Tigers on top. They improved to 4-5. and five. The sixth-ranked team in the country just got upset by one of the bottom four teams in the SEC off of a game-winning field goal, all because somebody decided to throw a shoe. What's your takes on this game, Jay? It goes back to Dan Mullen's coaching. The man has always been like this. I, he's always got away with it being in Mississippi State, but he never recruits real high-character guys. I've noticed that. I'm not saying Marco Wilson is not a high-character guy, but, you know, you do something like that, that's stupid. We go back to Mississippi State, the leg raise. I mean, we've seen this numerous times from rosters he's put together. So, uh, And then what, what was the biggest embarrassment of the night was not was the fact that he came in and underestimated an LSU team who is loaded. They might only have barely have 54 players, scholarship players, but let's not get it twisted. That secondary is loaded, littered with five stars. So he came in, underestimated Coach O coming off a of natty. Coach, I think he could out coach Coach O, but his at, but Florida's not built to just come out and say, they, hey, we're better than you. They can't play in close games. No, they're not built to say, hey, we're better than you because all LSU's going to say, oh, hey, you see our corners we got over here. Even though we're out, man, we still got five stars everywhere. Throw it past us on the goal line. Throw it past us. Because we know you can't run it on us. And look, you see what happens. An outrageous pick. Let's talk about how, how crazy that interception was. That's another point where Florida just run game is just not there. So I, I can see how LSU done it. But absolutely, 
this was a terrible look for Dan Mullen as he got out. I don't know if you've seen his interview after the game. He blamed everybody. Everybody he blamed everybody, man, except for himself, and he's the problem. And uh that's that's all I got to say about this game. What I like to go over is you can't look you can't look past the performance that Mac Johnson put on for this LSU Tigers team. He was twenty-one of thirty-six for two thirty-nine and three TDs, no turnovers. Rushing the ball, they had a solid game. Curry put he had uh, sixty-four yards on seventeen carries. Davis Price had 55 on 8 carries, and Johnson had 52 on 18. They didn't have any rushing touchdowns, but they just outplayed Florida. LSU, I think they did a lot for Coach O this game. I think Coach O is officially out of the hot seat after this. And uh, who knows? LSU might be back next year. I don't think that. Think they might, they're going to be better next year for sure. They might, they're not going to be a natty contender, but... They're going to be a competitive team in the West. Another thing I'd like to say is Cade York was 3-for-3 with a long of 57. He accounted for 13 of their 37 points. What a great game for York. Yeah, that was very impressive. Next up, let's go ahead and go to our next coaching search. Let's talk about Arizona. Right now, the candidates are looking like Coach Brent Brennan from San Jose State. And then you got uh, Nevada head coach Jay Norvell, who I really like that. I like Nevada. I like Nevada's coach. Oregon's co-DC, Joe Salavia. He'd be a nice guy to get out there. And then Weber State's head coach, Jay Hill. And then we're looking at Steve Sarkeesian. And uh, that's, that's mainly your guys right there. Now, if they want to hit the home run, you bring in Sarkeesian. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Sarkeesian leaves Alabama to go take on a head coaching job because, in my opinion, I think Sarkeesian's next man up for the Tide. Also, he's the highest paid OC in the country. So, um, Alabama's got money more than Arizona's got. So, if Sarkeesian's about to leave, I could see Alabama saying, hey, Sark, stay around. Look at the success you're having. Stay around. Plus, he's got Bryce Young in the fold. So I think I think their best pickup is going to be Jay Norvell. I really like that pickup. If they can make it happen, it'd be a great hire. But Arizona, they got a lot of work to do after getting absolutely stomped, seventy to seven by rival in a Arizona rivalry State. Game. And and uh, Jaden Daniels didn't even wasn't even the star of the show. They got a lot of rushing yards, and that was that's what's crazy to me. So uh, next up, we can talk about Tom Herman. He's officially staying at Texas. I said in last week's episode, I wanted him to stay because there's nobody better right now. That's true. They're keeping him around. Then uh, next up, let's talk about North Carolina slapping Miami in the face. I've been saying it all year. Miami is not legit. We both said that all year. We don't like Miami. They've been hyping up Clemson's win over Miami. We've said it all year. Miami is not legit. Miami came up and got absolutely obliterated on the ground. I would be embarrassed to go in as a defense and watch film when they go in today or tomorrow. I'd be absolutely embarrassed. Well, let's look at the numbers real quick. Carter for Carolina had 308 yards on 24 carries. That's 13 yards a carry, and he had two TDs. Williams had 236 yards on 23 carries, averaging 10 yards a carry and three touchdowns. And also, Sam Howell got a rushing touchdown. That is plum embarrassment for a Miami team who honestly prides themselves on defense, if anything. The 10th ranked team in the country just got obliterated 62 to 26 by an 8 and 3 North Carolina team who has struggled against teams that they should not struggle against. This is a terrible loss for the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, and I mean the crazy thing is Miami 
gave up 10 yards a carry. Every time North Carolina ran the ball, 10 or 13 yards. Yeah. It was one of the two. It was the first down. Every play. Uh, next game i like to talk about is the Coastal and Troy game. What a ball game that was. Coastal prevails in the end. They got they got a scare from Troy. At the end of the first, it was 14-3. Looked like Coastal was going to go to on to win big time. But final score ended up being 42-38. Coastal on top. Troy about came out with the upset. How do you feel about this game, Jay? Yeah, Coastal did it on the last drive, if I recall right. Grayson McCall, yes, yeah. sir. What a, what a game for Coastal. Grayson McCall is just proving to be the guy. Coastal's a top-10 team now, but defensively, at the beginning of the season, I love the Mullets' defense. They've scared me a little bit since the BYU game. Troy, there's if you did that to BYU, there's no way you should have gave up the, the amount of points you gave to Troy, let's be honest. I got to see them tighten up the D. But I really they like overlook Troy? Since they're looking forward to Louisiana. So look I, for this I team. Think, I think they'll tighten it up next I week. I think they should tighten it up next week. But if they don't, watch out for Billy Napier-led Louisiana team to come out and the Raging Cajuns will absolutely dismantle them. I'd like, to, uh, like, I'd like to go over McCall's stats from this game. 24 of 29, 338 yards, three TDs, and only one pick. And the one pick really wasn't his fault. The offensive line broke down. He got hit as he threw it. So, Grayson McCall was playing really good these past few games. Marable for them on the rushing game has been good. He had 20 carries for 120 yards, averaging six yards a carry, and he had two TDs. And McCall put up 40 yards, and he was average, and he had one touchdown. So, this this Coastal team, their offense is legit. I like to see their defense uh, clean it up a little bit, but watch out for this Coastal team next week against Louisiana. Let's talk about the Alabama defense. Speaking of defenses, uh, shut down the Razorbacks. This Alabama defense shut down the Razorbacks worse than a healthy Georgia defense did at the beginning of the season, and that might have been the best defense in the country. And it was without starting linebacker and Butkus semifinalist Christian Harris. What you got to say about it, Brady? Alabama's just the best ball team in the country, 52-3 over Arkansas. Sure, the offense played good, but the offense didn't even play as good as it has been. No. It's just their defense played insane. Well, the offense did put up 28 in the second quarter. But the only time Arkansas scored was on, I feel it was their first drive of the game, a field goal after that. Alabama said, nope, and ended up just blowing out Arkansas. Let's talk about the freshman for Alabama, though. You got on defense, Will Anderson had two sacks. Then you got Malachi Moore, who's an absolute stud. He's not recognized as much as he should be. As far as national DB awards this year, Brian Branch, who's his backup, is an absolute stud too. That's three freshmen right there on this Alabama defense who are absolutely whipping tail this year. And this is an Alabama defense that had eight sacks. Their season total is 18. They had almost half their total in one game. I think this Alabama defense is turning around and they're starting to roll at the right time. Next game, we got a this is the greatest what if team of the of the year, which is the Georgia Bulldogs. What if JT Daniels would have started week one if he would have been cleared and healthy? This team would probably be a playoff contending team right now. They're the nineteenth they're the ninth ranked team in the country. Coming off of a very big and good win against Missouri, 49-14 over a top twenty-five team. Sure, Missouri probably shouldn't have been ranked top twenty-five, but it still looks good for Georgia. JT Daniels, 16 of 27. For 300 yards and three TDs, no picks. And on the run game, what's new? Georgia Bulldogs having a great run game. Had four rushing touchdowns by four different players. Zeus Zabir White carried the ball 12 times for 126 yards, averaging 11 yards a carry. He had a TD. Freshman Dawan Edwards had 11 carries for 100 yards, averaging 
9, 9.5 yards of carry and had a touchdown. McIntosh had 58 yards on 11 attempts, averaging 5 yards a gain. And he had one TD. And also James Cook came out averaging eight yards, 7 yards carry and also had a touchdown on the ground. And George Pickens had a great game, five receptions for 130 yards and two TDs. What a great game all around for Georgia, and their defense played outstanding this game. Yeah, thoroughly impressed with Georgia. The thing about Georgia is, what if George Pickens wasn't a head case at the beginning of the season? What if JT Daniels played? This team is a one-loss team. My only loss to that team, healthy, would be Alabama. And, and it would have been close. I'd say they lost by 10 points. That's respectable against which, Alabama. Which is still good enough for them to be. I think you got to rank them above Clemson with a 10-point loss to the number one team in the land. And as impressive as that team would have been, oh, yeah. Nah. They'd have been a top-four team. I think they'd been at number three right now. That's the biggest what-if team of the season. Next up, Brady, let's talk about your Heisman favorites. Okay, lots to talk about here. And uh, I'm going to let you lead off because I am, folks, we we're always like to be honest with you all, I am a Bama fan, so I'm trying to set all my bias aside. So we'll start off with Brady. Well, me being a Georgia fan, I have nothing but respect for the Mac Attack. Mac Jones played outstanding this year. There's no way. Why would he not win Heisman? He's a first-year starter. He's got his team at the number one uh, number one ranking. He's playing out of his mind. So Mac Jones won. Number two, going with another Bama player, Devontae Smith, best receiver in the country, possibly a top five receiver all time at Bama. Who knows? This kid's going to be a stud in the NFL. I think he'll have a better a better career than Mac Jones will in the NFL. But I think they'll give it to Mac Jones. Devontae Smith, second. Number three, I really don't know. Probably Justin Fields at third just because, you know, Ohio State, they always got somebody in the top three, top five. That's my top three. How about you, Jay? My top three right now is at number three, I'm going to put the man, Trevor Lawrence. Kyle Trask has put himself to two in previous weeks, but – after this abysmal performance at uh, at home versus LSU on senior night, throwing two picks and a fumble. And he, an L. And he, an L. He plays so. himself out of the Heisman race altogether. Yeah. So at number three, I'm going to put Trevor Lawrence. I think he has a big game against Notre Dame, and that puts him at number three. At number two, I'm putting Mac Attack Jones. Really? I love Mac Jones, but I'm going to give him the Maxwell Award, and I'm going to give the Heisman to Devonta Smith, the best player in the country. Regardless of position, the best player on the Alabama football team, regardless of position, and the best wide receiver in Alabama football history. I said it, folks. Better than Julio. Better than Calvin. Better than all the South Florida receivers we've had at Alabama. He is the best in the business. He will be a better pro than Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy and Jalen Waddle. What about Julio Jones? I think he could potentially be a better pro than Julio Jones as well. So, uh, I'm said on, it. I'm, uh, right said now, it. my Heisman favorite is Devonta Smith. What a guy. Let's, let's just go over his career. His freshman year, he catches the game-winning touchdown against the Georgia Bulldogs in the natty. We say, oh, that's his peak. Oh, it's his peak sophomore year. He comes out, dominates again. Second best receiver on that Alabama team. Junior year, we said, I think. And then sophomore year, he really didn't jump, so he said, oh, he's, he's stagnant. Junior year, he comes out. He quietly leads the team in receiving, leads the team in receiving touchdowns. What? And then senior year, he sneaks up on you without the other, without the other, without the other rideouts. Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs, and Jerry Judy. He comes out, and not only does he dominate Alabama's record books, he breaks the SEC record for most receiving touchdowns. This guy is an absolute stud. 
They say his size is what hurts him, but he plays bigger than every player on the field. We seen in the Georgia game, he bullied Richard LeCount. Who does that? That's a top three DB in the Who country. does that? Who bullies LeCount? Nobody. Derek Stingley, the, the proclaimed king of cornerbacks, the proclaimed perfect prospect, Mr. Number one quarterback, regardless of class, has got burnt two straight years by who? The Slim Reaper himself, Devonta Smith. Stingley's also getting burnt by every receiver every game. Stingley's well, not good. He's he's still good. He's not legit anymore. His draft stock is just trending down. Yeah, I think he's like number 13 out of total cornerback grades this year. So, But last year, he still burned him, so it's still impressive. All right, next up, let's go ahead and talk about our top 10 rankings for college football. Jay, let's go ahead and hear your top 10 rankings after this previous week, going into well, this week. At number one, I'm going to put Alabama, of course. Uh, what else can you say about this team? They're the most complete team in the country. Who uh, Who's better? Nobody. Nobody. And then at number two, I'm going to shock you once again. I'm going to put the Clemson Tigers as they will beat Notre Dame in the ACC championship. Are we going to see two ACC schools get in the playoffs no, this year? No, I'll, I'll, I'll break that down for you All in a minute. Right. Number three, I got Ohio State. They've only played five games. I know they've only played five games. They're about to play six. The only reason they're even playing is because the Big Ten reversed it. I know. It. I Big know. Ten. Let's talk about Big Ten. The lack of leadership by their commissioner oh, yeah. sucks this we've year. We've always seen that. The Big Ten's always been just it's How are you going to change Ohio rules State. midway through the season? I mean, come on. It's yeah. college football. This ain't NFL. Yeah, if the NFL did it, it wouldn't surprise you. No. College football, they need to quit with all the cupcake crap. Number three is Ohio State. Number four, Texas A&M. I really like this A&M team. So where's Notre Dame? At number five for oh, me, bro. No. <laughs> At number six, I'm putting Indiana. Indiana ball team is the best defense in the country, not named the University of Alabama. They should have beat Ohio State if it wasn't for three untouched fumbles they had. Absolutely, they had three scoring drives where they fumbled it. So I'm going to put them at number six. At number seven, Cincinnati. At number eight, Coastal Carolina. At number nine, Georgia. At number 10, Florida. Iowa State is not in my top 10 as they have a loss to Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Yep. All right, so I'm going to go Bama one, Notre Dame two, Ohio State three, Clemson four, A&M five, Cincinnati six. At seven, I like Indiana. At Number eight, give me Georgia. Coastal, number nine. And to round out my top ten, I'm going to put Florida over Iowa State. Florida, just they play in a harder conference. I know they just had a bad loss, but they're still better than Iowa State. Indiana's going to be – Indiana's right there. They're, they could be easily a top ten team. Yeah, they're a dang good team. I can't believe you didn't put Indiana in your top ten. But have them at 11. They're one spot out. Let's go ahead and wrap up this episode today, Birdie, by previewing next week's conference championship games. What are you thinking about Alabama, Florida? I'm thinking Florida's going to go out here and win by 35 points. I knew you would say something that dumb. 35 points. <laughs> Florida by 35. No, Bama by 45. I was about to say, man, <laughs> by 35 about? <laughs> over Florida. I'm Shut saying, down game from the Alabama defense. Bama's off. Give Nick's, me 45 to 10. Nick Alabama. Saban has absolutely let off the gas on teams this year. Florida's talking smack. Dan Mullen's talking out of his rear end again. Calling, calling Mac a game manager. We've seen what happened to Auburn when they did that. Give me Bama 63, Florida 27. All right. 
Let's go ahead and look at Coastal in Louisiana. It's going to be played at Coastal, so another home game for the Mullets. Who are you going with in that game, Jay? Give me Coastal. I say they beat them again because it's at Coastal on a neutral site. I might have to lean Louisiana. I love that Louisiana team. Give me Coastal 28, Louisiana 27. Coastal makes a defensive stand to win the game. Another defensive stand for Coastal. They've had two of those this year. Yeah. Actually, three, because if you count App State, because they had a late touchdown on defense. I'm going to go Coastal 35-17. I think it's going to be – I think they can pull this one out in the end, maybe run away. It's going to be a close game, but in the end, I'm going to get Coastal on a given up Louisiana team, 35-17. All right, next up, Notre Dame, Clemson. I'm going Clemson. 42 to 21 over Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame team a lot. I don't think Clemson's going to perform as well with Trevor. So I'm going to say Clemson still wins it, but the total's the total's probably going to be somewhere around 38-35. Northwestern Clemson. Ohio State. Uh Northwestern's walking into a ball game they have no business being in. Give me the Buckeyes 42-17. I'm going 38 to 10, Ohio State over Northwestern. Uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State, the Big 12 championship. This will be a might solid be the game. worst conference championship this Should year. Should be a solid game, though. Give me Oklahoma 37, Iowa State 28. I'm going Iowa State here. I'm going to go 32 to 28, Iowa State. Next up, we have Tulsa Cincy. This is our last conference championship game for this week. Are you feeling upset right here on Cincinnati, or are you just going to go with, with Cincy all the way? I'm and not, not rolling with the Tulsa? upset. Give me Desmond Ritter and, and these Bearcats, 37-7. No, 37-27. I'm going to go with a little bit of a closer game right here. I'm going to say 35-32 Cincy off of a game-winning field goal. And that's where we're going to wrap up this week's episode of Birdie and the Cowboys Sports Talk. As usual, be sure to share our podcast and to tune in later this week for another episode. Again, thank you for listening to Birdie and the Cowboys Sports Talk.